This episode brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Outstanding. Welcome back to another episode of the Russell. We're here with Ooze, The Law, and Andrew. And we're going to be covering the AFC South, everyone. Titans, Colts, Texans, and Jaguars. We've been uh, switching up our shows a little bit, just trying to get you more concise information and bring you what you need for the draft seasons quickly approaching. So what we're going to do next week, we're going to go over our bus values, sleepers, and rookies. And then we're going to follow up in the next two weeks with the NFC, AFC, East, and West teams previews. And, you know, keep the show rolling. And then once the season starts, we'll have new content going over our our, uh, studs and duds for the weeks, uh, who we think, you know, you should start, shouldn't start, and a lot more to come. But... Today, we're going to focus on the AFC South, NS, yeah, AFC South, and we're first going to get into some news because there's been a lot of stuff happening around the league. Yeah, starting over with news, a lot of training camp stuff happening, a lot of injuries happening. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Deshaun Watson. He, you know, had the sixth game ban from the NFL um, for the alleged sexual misconduct. Um, the NFL and Roger Goodell is not happy with it. Um, so they're putting an appeal to uh, suspend him for at least a year. And then uh, also for him to file for a reinstatement after that year. Uh, we don't know when that date will come. But as of right now, he's he is uh, banned for six games, the minimum right now. Um, moving on to the Rams on the West Coast. Uh, Sam, oh, I said Sam. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he's dealing with a tendonitis in his knee. Have you have heard Coach Mervay claims that he's not worried about it, but this is huge for us in fantasy because of the fact that it just keeps continuing to linger down into the season. Um, you're talking about production dropping off a little bit and, and those huge, you know, 80-yard bombs from him to Cooper Cup, right? So keeping an eye on that throughout the training camp, I don't think – McFade is a coach that doesn't play any of his starters in, in the preseason. He says that's stupid. So we're not going to see him in the preseason. Hopefully we're going to see him uh, game one, healthy, throwing bombs. Uh, recently, Kareem Hunt from the Browns requested a trade. The Browns organization said, we're not going to trade you. That's, that is a no-go. So he's still Just to quickly interrupt, do we think that will have any value for Chubb later on, or if you know? No, I, I to be honest, concerned about if he's not going to play. No, I think Kareem Hunt's going to play still. I, I I know I know he wants to be a feature back, and that's why he want he's requesting a trade. But to be honest, he he's he's going to be the tandem there. He's going to be the checkdown guy. He's going to be the the, re, the receiver back for them. Um, maybe you know. Because of his um, grumbles, the you know coach says, "Hey, let's get this guy more touches in the in in the backfield, right?" So that might just increase his, his touches in the running 
in the running aspect, but I don't think it will affect Nick Chubb at all. Listen, if he wanted to be a feature back, he should have been holding himself as a feature back. The whole reason he's not in Kansas City anymore is because he lied about what he was doing, and what he was doing was highly illegal and detrimental to his football team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Moving on to the Cardinals, uh, Marquise Brown, he was arrested in the summer uh, for criminal – no, not, not in the summer, sorry, a couple weeks ago for criminal speeding. Yeah. Um, he was at practice on Thursday, um, just waiting on uh, his court date, which I believe is this week. Also, going back to Watson, I think Watson's uh, appeal or the NFL appeal was also tomorrow, I think tomorrow or next Tuesday. Um, but, yeah, they're waiting for him, but he was at practice on Thursday. Bad news for Tim, Pat- Tim Patrick at Broncos. Huge weapon, had a great quarterback coming in. Future Hall of Famer suffered a season-ending ACL injury on Tuesday. He's done for the season. James Car- James Washington over at Pittsburgh was caught off during practice, had a fractured foot injury, and expected him a six to ten weeks. So we're going to expect now, him. Now Dallas, not Steelers. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, Dallas. Sorry, sorry. <clears throat> but he's uh, expected to miss six to ten weeks. That's half. That's the first quarter of the season at least. So you expect him from week five and on, maybe, and he's still going to come off the PUP list. Um, Mike Evans left practice on Thursday with a hamstring injury. For me, he, he's been dealing with soft tissue injuries for the past three years anyway. He's, it's all about rest, getting him healthy, not going to push it. He's going to be ready for the season for me. I know I know that for a fact. Uh, Nikhil Harry suffered a high ankle injury. There's a lot of soft tissue you know, it always happens in the beginning of the camp. You know, people come in, they've been eating too much, you know, Big Macs, Whoppers, you know, I mean, not keeping healthy. And then when they come to camp, when it's time to, you know, slim her down, they can't do it. And the body's like, oh, man, I haven't eaten this healthy since last season, right? Um, Christian Kurt, big offseason acquisition for the Jaguars, suffered an ankle injury as well in training camp. Um, don't have a time here for him, but – Hey, we'll see how, you know, that goes as well. All right. There's a lot of injuries going around, everyone. Make sure you turn on your sleeper alerts, your Twitter alerts, and get your news as fast as possible because that will affect how you draft and ADPs and such. So speaking of Twitter and social media, make sure you follow us, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, New this year, YouTube, our website, rosterupmedia.com, and like, subscribe, follow. Make sure you check out Around the League. There's a lot of um, team previews being posted to our site and social media platforms. A lot of good info and a lot of good stats uh, going on. So check that out. Your favorite teams is either up right now or coming up very soon. All right, guys, let's get into the AFC South. Uh, First up, the Titans. And per usual, I'll kind of give some stats. We'll talk about each member or each position and go through things and just highlight, you know, certain things. So first up, the Titans. They lost A.J. Brown on draft night to the Eagles of all teams. King Henry is back from his injury last year where he was on pace for – 2,027 
or he was on pace to break his 2027 yards in 2020. They lost Julio, and then he signed with the Bucks. They added Robert Woods from the Rams and Austin Hooper, and they drafted Traylon Burks from first round. Then in the third round, they drafted Malik Willis from actually my wife's and Cody's, our DFS hosts, their college, Liberty, to success Ryan Tannehill. But Ryan Tannehill will probably still be starting, and we'll probably see most of him for the season. So you've got... Tannehill, King Henry, Robert Woods coming off a torn ACL, and Austin Hooper. Let's talk talk to me, guys, about these Titans here. Yeah, um, for me, division rivals, you know, me being a Colts fan, um, had a great battle in the running backs, Jonathan Taylor and King Henry, going back and forth, switching one and two every week and leading the league in rushing. Um, so I, for me – expect that to happen again, right? Like, you're in the top three. We talked about this in the last pod. Like, you know, you're in the top three, and you have John Taylor, um, King Henry, and then your third is a toss-up between, you know, Eckler or Cooper Cup or anybody else. But the first two you're looking at is John Taylor and King Henry. And King Henry, was like you were saying, was on pace to break his 2017 record, which is massive, massive. Meaning this guy was running hard every single play. When I was watching this guy, I guess my team at least, this guy was just mowing over DPs, mowing over linebackers and safeties. I mean, you can't say anything else, but this guy is going to be a top two pick. And he's going to consistently continue to produce, hands down. Do you have to worry about the number of carries that he was getting? prior to the injury and what that will accumulate on a running back. We do know that those carries do add to a quarter uh, to a running back's age. Um, so you're probably of two camps coming into the draft. Either you think King Henry is going to be back to what he was, or you think King Henry's got too much mileage on him and you, you really don't want to kick those tires, which are a second or third pick in the draft. Um, if he's going towards the middle, late round, late, First round, I can see taking that risk still, but there is that concern. Um, and mainly because Tannehill's not going to take any pressure off him. There's still going to be six, seven guys in the box just waiting for him. And in some cases, maybe even eight now A.J. Brown is gone. And let's just be honest, Julio was Julio was a shadow of a shadow of himself um, on the Titans. And hopefully the weapons that they got there – the weapons they signed and drafted will help. Um, but Tannehill is still Tannehill. And Leak <clears throat> is definitely a backup until he learns the office and he gets his feet underneath him. Yeah, and and to the point of your, you know, King Henry being having a lot of mileage, right? Johnny Taylor played a full season, had three hundred and thirty two attempts in, in the backfield. King Henry didn't have a full season and he was at two nineteen when he's when he got injured. So imagine, yeah, imagine that two nineteen attempts with nine hundred and thirty seven yards rushing, ten touchdowns. So this guy, like you said, like he was on pace, on pace. I think, he, and what he missed five weeks, six weeks, and um, and, and then he came back for the playoffs, I believe. Yeah, he came back for the playoffs. I think he missed like six or seven. Yeah, the crazy thing was he was in all those attempts. He had a lot of yardage. It took four weeks for Jonathan Taylor to finally beat him in yard. 
Yeah. It took four weeks for Jonathan Taylor to overtake him. He missed nine games. He missed nine games? And imagine nine. imagine him missing nine games. And <laughs> he missed nine games. He put up two hundred carries in less than less than half the season. Games. Yeah, in seven games. <laughs> yep. Seven games. He almost in seven and games. In, in, seven in, games. In, we're, we're assuming he got injured in that last game. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't even count. You even can't. You can't even count that, right? So he almost had a thousand yards in seven games. <laughs> I mean, this, I mean, again, this guy is is and you know, like Lance was saying, you know, with the subtraction of AJ Brown, you know, there's going to be eight people in the box. I still think he's going to run people over, uh, but. This guy is a, is a freak. He's athlete. heavy. He's heavy, right? Some of those heavy guys are fine. Like Eddie George, all those years, he was a tall, big guy. He was not super explosive, but he would pound you, and he was hard to bring down. Maybe Henry's got that for him, but he may lose a step. So do realize that it's not a lock if he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, between the top – like for, for him right now, he's top five um, – in in ADP, he's top five right now, right? So it goes John, it goes CMC, John Taylor, Austin Eckler, and then you know Derrick Henry. So like like we're saying, like you know, between after those top two picks, that's where everything just gets starts getting fuzzy, right? And then you can you can decide for yourself if you think this guy is truly truly back, which you know, I'm an advocate, I'm an avid training inside training camp watcher while working, so like. They were at Tennessee Titans today, and this guy was just out there. He's slender, like he's just so big, but like he he's a you know he's a uh, slim thick. You know what I mean? Like you know this guy is out there doing what he needs to do to get his health back up to tip top shape and get out on that field and and finish what he started last year. Last question on the Titans. Robert Woods or Traylon Burks? Are you taking the upside with Burks or are you trying to play it somewhat safe with Woods? For me, I'm trying to go I if I if I gotta choose the two, I gotta go Robert Woods because Robert Woods is NFL proven. You know, he's been on a good team, he knows what to do. The injury does scare me, yes, but this guy was moving last year in a great high power offense. And then you have Ryan Tannehill that, you know, He's not the best quarterback, but he's a good game manager. So when when the throws are there, he will make those throws, right? So when you look at uh, Ryan Tannehill, he had 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. You know, the interceptions crept up during the season because of the fact that uh, he had to throw more, right, because uh, King Henry wasn't there. But now the the most efficient Ryan Tannehill is when they're running the ball, running the running ball, and then he sees the opening, and then boom, it was A.J. Brown at the time. But Robert Woods has the same speed, maybe even faster than A.J. Brown, and has good hands. So, for me, it'll be Robert Woods over the rookie. Lance, real quick. I'll, I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll take somebody I know rather than somebody I don't. How many rookies <laughs> coming out in the first round and are in nothing? You know, speaking of you, Nikhil Harris. Uh, Harry, that's... There's plenty of people who get drafted very, very high. People have high hopes for that end up just being busts. Um, I mean, Detroit Lions were famous for drafting wide receivers. They were almost worthless until they mm. finally got Calvin Thompson. Mm. And then after Calvin Thompson, they're still doing the same thing, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I yeah, 
it'll, it'll be Robert Woods. It'll be Robert Woods for sure. And you remember, like rookie r- rookie wide receivers don't take off till at least mid season and up. Jamar Chase was was you know prime example of that. Justin Jefferson too. Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson as well. Yeah, Justin Jeff- uh, Justin Jefferson. He had as well. some he had some sparks and stuff like that. Yeah. Nobody's going to be a Randy Moss where he just puts up three touchdowns in like his second week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, we've got Ooze's beloved Colts up next. Bye bye Wentz. Hello Matt Ryan. And now you have Marlon Matt gone, T.Y. Hilton, <coughs> Zach Pascal, just all gone. And they drafted Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. So is he officially gone? Or is he Oop. still on a free agent? He's still free agent. Still free agent. Okay. Yeah, he's still sitting out there at home, doesn't want to be at training camp and probably sign him like week seven or something. <laughs> So, Matt, we'll start with Matt Ryan. Not so great the last couple of seasons, but perhaps a new team could, you know, give him some life. Is this an upgrade from Wentz? Do we see some value with uh, Matt Ryan? Does he got anything left in the tank? Or is this just, you know, something they're trying to try out here in Indianapolis? No, this this guy is a a complete upgrade, right? Is a complete upgrade from, from Carson Wentz. I think today there was reports out there saying Carson Wentz has accuracy issues in camp. Like, I mean, you know, it, 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 it. I was talking to Cody last night on the AFC South preview, and it was one of those things was like with Carson Wentz, he can be brilliant in some things, and then he does Wentz things, which is, you know. <laughs> A prime example, which will never leave my head, is we were on the three-yard line. I think it was third and, like, ten or third or six or something like that. He they, they out of shotgun, hikes the ball, gets pressure. He spins out, spins into the end zone. And instead of just, throw, like, getting out and throwing it, he switches the ball to his non-throwing hand, tosses it in the air, a defensive – Lyman picks it off for a pick six. And um, that's the start. Of, and literally, that was the start of our season. With Matt Ryan, you're not going to get that. You know what I mean? He's smart. He's, I mean, he's seasoned. And he has a protection around him that will give him the time to throw accurate throws. He has great tight ends, great wide receivers, and a great running back. He doesn't have to rely on throwing all the time like he did in Atlanta for the past four years. Right? It was Kyle, um, Kyle Pitts. You know, number one here of uh, Kyle Pitts, Lance. You know, he's he's steaming over there, but it was only him, it was only him over there. Cavarulli's betting on his team to win. He got suspended. Russell, <laughs> Russell Gage wasn't it out there. So, you know, the past couple of years for Matt Ryan just been it, it seems bad. But if you look at his stats, it, it, it wasn't as bad as it seems, right? Like thirty nine hundred yards, seven point yard, seven point one yards per attempt. 20 touchdowns, 12 inceptions, and a 90.4 QBR rating. You know, so there's going to be, I feel for me, there will be uptick in touchdowns and then low tick in uh, interceptions this year. From the QB position or from Matt Ryan, period? I think from Matt Ryan, period. Let me ask you this. Does Matt Ryan crack? Uh, top 12 QB fantasy this year. 
Mm, that's tough. Um... Because he's on a good offensive team. And, you know, he is... We've seen what he can do in the past. But he is getting older and... You know, I don't. Th- I don't past. think. I don't think he'll. Cr- I don't think he'll crack. Oh, man, it's tough. It's tough to me to say, but yeah, I don't think he'll crack top twelve. Top fifteen is a maybe, just because of the quarterbacks in front of him, right? I, like just to quickly run them down: Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Kyle Murray. I wouldn't put Jalen Hurts there, but you know, ADP to suggest that he's higher. Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow. Again, Trey Lance is up there, and he's not cracking that top 10. I know that for sure, or top 12. But then it goes Dak and then Matthew Stafford in ADP. So two two guys that are really supposed to, not supposed to be there, not to mention, I didn't mention Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers, only because their ADP dropped because of their offensive weapons are not there up to par, at least this year. So I think I think he can if if we have like he doesn't have to throw and that's the point right Jonathan Taylor is is the main Colt guy and they're gonna feed him rock and we have young receivers Michael Pittman second year Alec Pierce uh, his first year Molly Cox been there for three years but he's starting tight end he was the number two uh, Paris Campbell inside guy has been injured for two years can he stay healthy. T.Y. Hill is a free agent. It's tough. So I don't think he's going to crack t- top 12. But he, has, but, it, but he has potential to do. I Carson, Carson Wentz was in the top 12 in standard scoring. That means it, Matt Ryan would not outdo what Carson Wentz did last year. Mm, yeah, because like what? Carson Wentz was 27 and 7. 27 and 7. Yeah. He had less attempts than Matt Ryan. And he had ju- just as much. No, he had 200 less yards. Yeah, because he didn't have to throw as much because he had Jonathan Taylor, and then he threw too much in the beginning of the season. So, so long story short, if you didn't like Carson Wentz last year, fantasy wise, you're not gonna like. I don't think anybody did like Carson Wentz last year. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So long story short, to get to it, don't draft. Matt Ryan. Yeah, I, maybe I, I, take a flyer as a second quarterback if you went high on a risky quarterback like. LeBron yeah, if you Jackson. if you're playing like a two quarterback lead, I'll definitely pick up Matt Ryan. All right, we're not going to say much about Jonathan Taylor, number one running back last year, twenty total touchdowns, eighteen eleven rushing yards, and forty catches. I mean, I think the consensus here is if you have the chance to draft him, draft him. You got um, to. It, it's most likely that he won't finish number one again because that's just how history is. But you know, Listen, with he what he did last year, you can't miss out on that. No, so. you can't miss out on that. Eighteen touchdowns, um, rushing. You know, what I mean, like that's that's insane. I th- hopefully they start the season like Lance alluded earlier. They didn't even start. You know, he didn't pick up his running game and stance. Till like you know week five and six, you know like it was all like here and there. We're getting stopped. Then we're sort of throwing a ball Carson Wentz. So I hopefully they start off from game one because we do have a tough schedule. For my eyes, we have a t- kind of tough schedule, but 
third easiest schedule in the league. Um, but we need to start right off, the, right from game one, minute one, running the rock, run the rock. And with that being said, Jonathan Taylor again, one one A, one B, call it what you want. You gotta draft him. Moving on to the wide receivers, and I want to focus on Pittman here. But you do have Pittman, uh, Paris Campbell, and you got the rookie Pierce. And Pittman last year, wide receiver 17 in PPR, 88 catches, 1,082 yards, six touchdowns. He's going in the fourth round. He's wide receiver 15. So here's a question for you guys. And Lance, you can answer this first. And then Ooze, you can go second. Fill in the blank for Michael Pittman. At the end of the year, Pittman will be wide receiver blank. What number and a quick reason why he's that number? Michael Pittman is going to be wide receiver 15. Mm. And if you're drafting him any higher than that, you may get burned. Um, just just on value of pick. Um, he, he's one of those receivers that have a high um, viewpoint. Um, he had spectacular catches. A lot of people know his name. And a lot of people may be looking at him because they've got a new quarterback situation and everybody thinks it's an upgrade with Matt Ryan. Reality is what we've really learned about the Colts last season is it's Jonathan Taylor's team and everybody else is just invited. Um, <laughs> so I don't think his his touchdowns are really going to take an uptick. Well, if he had six last year and they're projecting him to have something like seven, I imagine that's probably going to be pretty close. He might get some run attempts, but he's not exactly Tyree Kill. He's not exactly Debo. He's not going to get a whole bunch of end arounds. So he's not going to get a lot of touchdowns that way either. And then his receiving yards are probably going to stay around the same. He's going to be like 1,000, 1,100, maybe creeps up into the 1,200. That's still not enough, especially the, the six to seven touchdown range, not enough to push you any higher than, say, 13. So if you're drafting him at 15, you're getting a little bump. But if you're drafting them around 10, 12, you may be hurting with other people you could have gotten. Who's? Yeah. Um, I'll go I'll go where his ADP is right now, which is what? Wide receiver 15? Yep. I might bring that up a little bit. Oh, no. I'll, I'll say he will be wide receiver 13 this year. I do think uh, I, I agree with what Lance was saying. It is John Taylor's team. Everybody else, you know, you're in the back seat. I'll I'll let you know when you can get a touchdown. Right? It's it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. But I would say because of the departure of T. Y. Hilton, right now, and him being a second, third year guy, now that being a veteran on the wide receiver group, he's going to be getting the main touches because he like he was wide receiver 17 last year when. T.Y. Hilton was there and competing and, you know, being a number one. Now he's the guy. Was T.Y. a number one? What did he even do last year? Uh, it, <laughs> it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't too much, but, yeah, he was he was the number one. And he was getting force-fed by Carson Wentz a little bit. Um, the numbers doesn't God, reflect it. Oh, God, was he not dropping it? What was his drop rate? <laughs> oh, I, I can only like, imagine. Well, yeah. It, he, was, he was wide receiver 90. 95. <laughs> Imagine, right? So, and then he, and he was getting force fed, and that's what I was saying. As a coach fan, I like I can see that. So for me, 
having more a more accurate quarterback in uh, Matt Ryan and him being more of a red zone target, I think that's where the, he's going to be more touchdown depending this year than he was last year. Six, I think his touchdowns will go up. I, I think he's going to go from six to ten. His yards may stay the same because him being number one got to be there. Alec Pierce is a very very deep sleeper for me. Six three ran a four three three. Ran a four three three. This guy was quick. Okay, so him being on the, and he's starting on the left side now. Right, so for me, sleeper Alex Pierce. He uh, Michael Pittman will be wide receiver thirteen by the end of the year. All right, all right, I can dig it. So we got through the Colts, we got through the Titans. We're gonna hit the Texans and Jaguars real quick, but I want to remind everyone: no matter how dismal a NFL team is, there is still some small value fantasy value on each team i will say so that's why we gotta cover every team we will not probably go into much detail for some of these teams but um we will highlight some players so the texans um qb over there davis mills going undrafted obviously marling mack came over uh they drafted rookie damian pierce and they got burkhead no more david johnson Wide receivers, Cooks, Nico Collins, Chris Moore, and Philip Dorsett, and tight end Brevin Jordan. So let's keep this simple. Cooks has been a wide receiver too the last two years, and most leagues now start three wide receivers and multiple flexes. You know, he's not a sexy name anymore. He, you know, kind of gets overlooked as a fantasy pick, but he's going in the sixth round. He has a great floor, I would say. Do you guys, you know, what's your thoughts on Cook here? Are you drafting him with that floor, or are you going to go with people like St. Brown, Bateman, Gabriel Davis, Elijah Moore going around him, who possibly could have better upside? and? tad bit better offenses than the Texans. Yeah, I think um, for me, I think Brandon Cooks has proven himself year after year after year. No matter, it's insane because <laughs> I'm looking at my stats, like my stat book right now, and I have for the notes, I have like Pittman and, and, and uh, Cooks. If I did like a blind comparison, I wouldn't know which one is which. That's how close he was, right? Hmm. Uh, Brandon Cooks had... 90 receptions for 137 yards for six touchdowns. While Michael Pittman had 88 receptions for six, uh, 182 yards and six touchdowns. So that being said, Cooks being in the sixth round while Pittman is being drafted a little bit higher than him, it's like these guys were in, like, in the same production like last year. How is that? Like, how can that be? And now this year, we see um, Pittman rising and Cooks falling. But Cooks, it, it, the, cha- the quarterback didn't change because Cooks still had Davis Mills, right? So mm-hmm. why why are we doing that? So I think grabbing him as if you if he's still there at six, that's an absolutely great spot. To be honest, you can also go up and reach for him because I think Brandon Cooks is not going anywhere for his production. 
and being more consistent in, in production. Lance, thoughts on Cooks? Yeah, he's sitting there in the sixth round. He's probably the most enticing high-floor guy sitting in the sixth round. We know what he can produce, and we know what he did last year with the same quarterback situation. The only difference is they might actually have a running game, which I don't know that's really going to eat into his production. It actually might extend some of the drives that didn't extend the previous year because they were still trying to find absolutely. out who body snatched Dave, uh, David Johnson. Mm, um, absolutely. <laughs> who body so snatched actually, David yeah, Marlon Marlon Max gotta be an upgrade. Damian Pierce has to be an upgrade. Whatever was was taking the place of David Johnson. Um, so Brandon Cooks, if he's gonna get me that kind of production, I want that over top of reaching for Michael Pittman in the fourth round. All right, I told you we're gonna keep that short, so we're moving on to the Jaguars. Oh, whoa, 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 uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's talk about Marlon talk Mack. Me. Marlon Mack at sitting at in the twelfth round, late the twelfth round. That, yes. that might be a breakout, guys. Okay, he's worth watch the camp, watch the camp to see who's getting the carries and who's actually uh, performing. I, so it might be the camp, it might be the preseason to see. Uh, is it the rookie or is Mack? I I will believe to be honest. I'll believe just maybe and maybe it's just me being a close bias when he was on the team. He was a thousand yard uh uh running back ran hard and fast and that and that was a time when the line was not good right like three years ago he had Achilles and that's the I think the only thing that's really dampening him is the Achilles injury we kept him last year couldn't trade him last year and this guy was training throughout the year so him being at the 12th round could be a huge huge pickup there he could end up being like a top 20 top 15 running back in the league in fantasy. Just to put that out there. My apologies, Marlon Mack, that we skipped over you. But you heard it here. Marlon Mack, and I will even say Damian Pierce, you know, depending where he falls, you could take a flyer on him as well. You can handcuff the two. If if Marlon Mack drops it, if Marlon Mack's ADP is is true, you get him in the 12th round, and you grab Pierce in the, in right right after him in the 13th. Yep, yep, yep. All right, moving on to the Jaguars. Second year for Trevor Lawrence. Um, wide receivers, they lost DJ Chark to the Lions. They added Christian Kirk, who we mentioned earlier, got injured during camp. They have Marvin Jones still, Zay Jones from the Raiders, and Chenault. Tight ends, they got Evan Ingram from the Giants. And running back, Travis, I'm going to mess his name up again, Etney. And James Robinson. Etney missed all of last season due to an injury going mid-round. Uh, oh, due to an injury, and he's going mid-fourth round this year. A lot of hype on him last year, and he's playing with Trevor Lawrence again from his their Clemson days. Do you guys think this is a good move to draft him this early? Are we afraid about the injury? Is there upside here? Talk to me about Etni and anyone else you feel like we got to cover. Yeah, for me, the, the two people that are we're going to cover here is Travis and Kristen Kirk. Everybody else, I'm just not worried about or not touching. 
Trevor Lawrence, unless you're in the tw- uh, two quarterback league, he's going in twelve to fifteen round range. Christian Kirk got to be the number one. After that is Marvin Jones and I think a rookie. After that, so the the, the three uh, starting receivers. You're not tr- you're not trusting Marvin Jones because Marvin Jones is a journeyman from Kingdom Come and he, he just never <laughs> never proved himself after leaving. Uh, Detroit, to be honest, right? So Christian Kurt is his ch- is his chance to shine, even though he just suffered an injury, uh, ankle injury in camp uh, this past couple of days. Um, he's now the number one, not the number three. You saw what happened when D Hop went down and had a quarterback that had a good arm. Trevor Lawrence does have a great arm, can throw down the field with accuracy. Christian Kurt can take advantage of that and be the number one. Um, Travis, we, you know, for me. I'm not trusting anything in I'm not trusting the the running back situation just because two twelve team last year always down besides beating us and keeping us out the playoffs, the Colts. Um, these guys are always throwing the ball. So for me, Travis is more of a flex play. Um, so grabbing him in the fourth round maybe is too that's too rich for my, my blood. You know, if he's there five six I'll probably go grab him. But, yeah, four, I can't do that at four. Lance, thoughts on the Jaguars? Yeah, the Jaguars are one of few teams that I probably would not touch with a 12-foot pole. I wouldn't draft him for Ooze um, if I was trying to mess up his fantasy team. That's how bad um, it is, yeah. <laughs> that, that and the Jets. I really don't touch the Jets only because I'm a Jets fan. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the most I can say about the Jaguars. Etsy is probably the, the most interesting um, out of all of them, only because we've seen nothing. Uh, we've not seen him be able to do anything in a program yet. Um, we, we saw what Lawrence did last year, right? We can say things to ad nauseum about what he was able to do with Urban Meyer and with the interim head coach. But honestly, he looked lost. And I don't think it was a head coach problem. I think he, it, the NFL might actually be too much for him. Hmm. Uh, and frankly, outside of his rookie, not rookie, we wouldn't call it rookie, his freshman year at Clemson, he didn't really look extremely great in college either. Um, he wasn't bad, uh, which is why he was still drafted number one. But my concern is there was so much hype for him after that big, big win for Clemson that Everybody is just still, they still got these rose tinted glasses on when looking at him. Me, I'm on the other way. I've got mud on my glasses. I don't want to do anything with him. <laughs> um, Travis is the only person, gun to my head. He's sitting there in the sixth round. I'll take him. He's sitting there in the fourth round. I'm looking for somebody better. Yeah, I'm looking for someone better. Any running back better. I'm looking for anything that's that worth it in the fourth round. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not taking him that early. That's just too much for my blood. Too, too much for my blood. All right. Anything you guys want to add on any other team real quick before we end this show? Um, no, I'm good. Uh, I'm excited for next the next week's shows. Um, the sleepers, breakouts, um, values, bust, quick shows. When does the Hard Knocks update start? Oh, to be honest, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Maybe to de- maybe next week. Um, uh, it's the it's the Detroit Lions uh, breaking kneecaps. 
Um, <laughs> let me see right here. I think the first episode airs tonight, I want to say. It's either m- tomorrow, Tuesday nights. That's what I thought. Tuesdays. First episode airs tomorrow. So, yeah, next week starts the Hard Knocks. I love Hard Knocks. I don't know if I'm going to love this one. <laughs> Detroit Lions, I don't know how much I can take of Jared Goff and, I mean, St. Brown. and uh, I mean, I just I, I do love storylines when it comes to sports. So, I gotta, I'm going to watch it. But I, I am excited to see who's going to be the end season, if they're going to continue that. Because I thought last year that was super, super, super cool that they did an in-season hard knocks with the Colts. And I hope they continue that that tradition of doing an in-season uh, hard knocks with a great team. Maybe like a – they did it with the Colts because at the time we were th- we were charting up, heading to the playoffs till Carson Wentz uh, after us. So, yeah. Blame it on him. Ugh. I mean, we can, we can, we can make a whole show of just we can watch the tape. Oh we can watch the <laughs> tape on that game. That was bad. Uh, well, yeah. all right, fantasy owners, that was our show. Glad you stuck around with us. Uh, talking about the AFC South. Join us next week. A couple more shows. Join us all throughout the season. And this is farewell from the Russell. See you. <laughs>